We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. All right. Good morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Oh, welcome back once again. This is our second episode as, we, as we're kicking off our second year of the Purpose and Profitability podcast. And welcome back, Eric Yoon. Again, after about a six-week break, I think we've uh, yeah. been apart for about six weeks. I miss you, brother. <laughs> yeah, I know. Having no one to do on Monday mornings, huh? <laughs> so how you been, Eric? Been really good. Yeah, what's been going on the last Everything's six weeks? Good. <laughs> the Dodgers <laughs> going back to the World Series. There you go. Yeah. It's not. I'm not like a huge, huge fan or anything, but it's just always been my team ever since I was a kid. When I was a kid, I we watched like every game. Like we watched a bunch of games, and then uh, so it's like now that they're coming back, it's like all right, I'll go for them. <laughs> kind of like bandwagoning, but not bandwagoning. I think like yeah, I think like nostalgia is like uh, just as good of a reason to go for a team as like knowing like everyone on the team. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was excited to see them win though. Yeah, so the back in World Series. Cool. So that's that's cool. It's always good yeah. for LA. As long as the, when they if they win the World Series, hopefully the fans don't burn down shoot you know cars and tires and buildings and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Seems the way LA folks LA folks celebrate. <laughs> hey anyway, it's uh, it's good to have you back. And um you know, as I was, I was thinking through, even on, on my four-week break, about you know how to kick off the kick off the second year, I thought, well, I must go to how we started, and also based on the namesake of this podcast, which is purpose and profitability. I mean, then the first word being purpose, and so really going back to, I guess, the basics of this um, this program about you know what is purpose, how does purpose help your business, and so today's title is about purpose drives profits. You know, operating your business in a way that makes a positive impact in ways beyond just making a profit has really been gaining momentum over the last couple of years, specifically really in this last 10 years. Um, and Tom Shoes, for example, um, they started about 12 years ago. Um, that's probably one of the original social entre- entrepreneurship companies or um, that publicly displayed how business can make money and do good at the same time. So that's what I consider being purpose-led, right? Having Making a profit, great, but leading by doing good, doing good for other people. And so, but there's still a lot of business out there that look at social entrepreneurship or purpose-led business as merely more of a marketing tool or a way of doing business that limits the profit potential of a, of a business. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel that the leading by purpose can actually drive your profits. It doesn't actually limit or cap your profits like a lot of people think. So in this episode, that's what I want to discuss about is really illustrate and that having a purpose-led business can actually drive bigger profits. So, so I'm really um, eager and, and excited to talk about, talk about this concept or this. this, this um, and so I think the first thing for many people is to figure out, okay, what is being purpose-led and how do you figure that out for your business? Mm-hmm. And so the way I like to 
start is, or, or, or talk about it, is to start from the basics. It's just asking the person, how do you positively impact people? That's the start. Mm-hmm. How do you positively mm-hmm. impact people? And from there, you'll have yeah. a bit of clarity on how you'll impact uh, customers and other, other ways that your business impacts. So, so Eric, mm-hmm. I'm going to start this first question to you. How do you positively impact people in general? Not about your business, but just in general. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that you have a positive impact on people? Yeah, I think the one of the things I've like learned to lead with and just when I meet people and conversations and things like that is, is kindness. And I think kindness is something that um, naturally ever since I was a kid that was just instilled in me and it was just something that, that I led with it was kindness. And I definitely, that went through tests of like me thinking like, is that, is that weakness, you know, or is that, you know, just me not wanting to confront and things like that. But then through just, um, just growing and being in different situations, I just learned the power of kindness and I learned that that is a part of me and that, um, you know, and so I think that that's been really positively impacting people. It helps me. And, um, just when I have conversations for people to just feel, um, just safe to be themselves, like, and I hate, I hate, like, I try to just break through walls as fast as I can, you know, in, in conversations and stuff. And so I just love getting to the heart, you know, of, of someone. And sometimes it's kind of weird to just be like, hey, nice to meet you. So what's your heart? You know, like, what do you, what's your purpose? What do you want to do? But that's really what I, that's what I, what I love to learn about in people. So um, I think, I think just, just that, just like, just trying to be kind to people, disarm them of like any walls that they don't need. Uh, that's that's a huge thing I try to lead with, it. and probably that. And one other thing would be just trying to include everyone. I didn't realize I do it until my wife like says every time we're in like any kind of group or like at a wedding or whatever it is. I try to like include everyone in the table, you know, and um, just get everyone involved and not have anyone feel left out. So um, I think those things just relationally are ways I positively impact people. Good. So do here. Do you get, ever get any comments from people, friends, or family about how you've impacted them personally? Um, I'm trying to think. Sometimes they don't, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I mean, not, well, say it, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of times you won't say it. Well, I mean, not, a lot of times I'm in leadership um, roles and a lot of things that I do. And I love, like, um, when people say, like, when I, I don't know, just things like, like when I've given them some kind of wisdom, like yesterday, um, I was, I used to be a youth pastor back in the day. And, um, this, this girl that was a youth when I was a youth pastor, she was saying, and this was probably like eight years ago. And she's like, I remember, you know, you said this one thing and it really impacted me. And she was just sharing about it. And that just, um, you know, that I love, like when I can impart any kind of wisdom to someone and it, it has long-term effect on them. Uh, I, I really like that. That's good. That's good. Um, so, going back to the kindness, it sounds like you're you know you're very inquisitive. You want to learn and authentically or um, truly want to learn about people. Yeah. So how does that help you in your business? Um, I think because I think it helps a lot because in the world of business, I think a lot of times when you go right in to meet with someone, you already kind of have this wall up and kind of like, okay, I need to size them up. They're going to size me up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe not everyone's like that, but I think that's a good natural thing. And like, you mm-hmm. know, you got to dress nice and do all this stuff. Right. But um, 
I think with that, like the kindness really disarms that stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, uh, um, you know, just trying to get to know their heart. I think instantly there's a trust that forms there, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, they're not here for, for my money. They're here to, uh, they, they want my business to succeed mm-hmm. and more than my business to succeed. Because I think that's one level. It's like, I want your business to succeed. Because if your business succeeds, my business succeeds. Right. But yeah. for me, like that only can go and go so far. Like mm-hmm. I really care about your heart being manifested and like what's in your dreams to see it come to real life. And, you know, through the designs and the media and things like that. And, um, I think just if you're focused on that, like they can pick up on it and they know, like, you're mm-hmm. not just there just to, just to make money. Yeah. And especially, yeah. you know, with the disarming and, uh, for them, they, you know, they feel a little <clears throat> more, um, willing to share. And for you as a, as a marketer, and especially when you're, helping them develop their brand and, and communicate their brand through the marketing um, helps you understand the essence of the brand too, right? Mm-hmm. The heart of the owner, yeah. but also the heart and, 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 and uh, also the, the heart of the business because the owner obviously is the, the heart and soul of the business. Right. So I think that disarming is getting a leading with kindness um, lets them open up, Mm-hmm. feel more trusting to, to share and then you get a really better sense of who he is and, or who she or she is and then what the business is all about. Yeah. So that's a great, that's a great example. Helps um, me a lot if they feel open to share as yeah, much as they can. Exactly. Okay. So you really get a sense. I mean, it's very important as a marketer to understand the heart and soul of the ownership, even the, the employees, the staff. I mean, what's going on in the business? I mean, truly what's going on in the business, the good and the bad. Right, because mm-hmm. no business is perfect right. anyway. But getting to know what's going on will help you be able to communicate. You know, um, how do you market? Why do why should customers do business with them? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, so that's a great example of how you know understanding how you positively impact someone. Then say, okay, how do I now will be purpose led with my business? So mm-hmm. just within the small small snippet with you is just about. How do you positively impact people? How do you even just encourage the business owner? Because a lot of times they're, you know, they're bringing you in because they want more business. And they're trying to figure out ways to get more business. There's a lot of stress in business, just in doing business. But I think when you're just leading with kindness, so you're no yeah. longer just a vendor, but you're actually mm-hmm. someone that can come alongside them and even encourage them through their business. Mm-hmm. Right, not yeah. just to try to do marketing, but actually yeah. encourage them through the process, and and that's yeah. a big impact. So that's kind of a big brand differentiator for you, is that mm-hmm. you get to know the person. You're not just there to do a trans business transaction. Mm. Yeah. Right. So that's and good. It, and for me, it's all about developing people. I've always been, the, whether it's showing by example or you know, you know, teaching or whatever, that I'm always looking to develop the other person. I want to always want to see the other person do better. So I'm always willing to give, you know, share my knowledge or whatever wisdom I have in whatever situation that can be. And so um, I even won an award in my last uh, last company I worked for was on developing people. And I didn't realize that's what I did <laughs> until they recognized me nationally on that. Um, but I you know, reflected on my life. Like, yeah, I guess I do do that. And my wife said, yeah, you always do that. It's one of those telemarketers, and I think that's the IRS coming there. Nice. Um, so, anyways, yeah, just notice that that's kind of what I do in, in whatever situation it is. So, even as I'm consulting with business, mm. I'm not just developing strategies for them. I'm actually developing the person, yeah. helping them. So, because you know, you can develop a, a great marketing strategy all day long, but if they don't own it, 
um, if they don't really see it or grasp it, you know, it's not really going to work. So it's really about um, getting the, the owner and the leadership to have more of a different mindset about their approach and how they do business, how they do marketing. And mm-hmm. so it, it actually becomes part of them. It's not just a strategy that we're pushing down, but we're actually, and we really develop the strategy together. It's not like I just come up with something and say, here you go, this is how you're going to do it. But we come up with it together. But a lot of it is a little bit of a little teaching, a little bit of counsel, a little bit of coaching. There's a lot of elements all wrapped mm-hmm. into how we finally come up with this, this the strategy. Because at the end of the day, whatever strategy we come up with, um, it is um, it is going to be a different um, paradigm for them because it's just different, right? We're gonna we're gonna take what they're doing, but we're gonna shift it. We gotta do something different. And anytime you're doing something different, it becomes uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, even if they're coming up with it themselves, so they really have to understand it for themselves and really own it, so that they can move forward uh, comfortably, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just going to be different. The, the strategies that come up with are just going to be different. So I got to really develop them as a person, yeah. as opposed to just coming up with a strategy. You know how we positively impact people, and then how that translates into the business. So for everybody listening, the same process is: what do you do? How do you positively impact people on a day-to-day basis? And then how does that flow into the, the, the business? And then what you want to do is then look at how do you want to do that? How do you want to positively impact your customers that we, that we talked about? But also if you have employees, how do you want to impact your employees? How do you want to positively impact your vendors, the people you do business with, even the community, community that you're in, and even the family, your, fa- your very own family? How do you want to positively impact them? Because we can come up with these great, um, strategies and these purpose statements and how we're going to do it in our business, but then we kind of sometimes forget our family. So we got to make sure we're also doing it holistically. It's not just how we do it in business, but also back home. So that could be in the terms of you know having better benefits and training for your employees, doing better for your vendors, being giving better get a, uh, giving better rates or terms. Uh, um, how do we provide the best service to our customers, and how do we just get to spend more times with families? And so just, just, those are just some simple bullet points, but just start thinking about that for your business is how do you want to positively impact all your stakeholders, all the people that you come into contact with and yeah. separating them into groups like I did, customers, employees, vendors, community, family, and there might be some others that you come up with, but whatever it is, then how do you want to purposely impact them? Mm-hmm. Purposeful, purposefully impact them, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not just something that's nice, nice to have. Like I said, when I led with the introduction is a lot of business think that's, that's a nice thing to do, but it's kind of limiting. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this, when you're positively impacting all your stakeholders, customers, employees, vendors, even community and your family, those are people that either do business with you or will be um, uh, word of mouth, be, um, you know, be kind of a word of mouth referrals for you, uh, be your cheerleaders. And that all positive impacts your business or that all impacts your business, right? Customers, employees. I mean, when your employees are, are feeling better and feeling more valued, they become better employees. They become more productive, probably more efficient. They probably come up with better ideas. Obviously, your customers, when you're doing right by them, they keep coming back. They're spending more money. Your vendors, um, when they're doing business, they're going to give you the best work, better service, and even quality products to your customers because your vendors are doing better by you as well. And so there's such a big benefit when you're being purpose-led to all your stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And it does positively impact your bottom line. Mm-hmm. And consumers and employees are commanding that brands that they buy from or do work for 
care about things besides profits. I mean, when you look at the surveys now, that there's more and more people that are really conscious about those things. Are they environmentally conscious? Are they conscious, consciously socially doing you know good things around their community? Are they you know just being more efficient, taking care of their employees? So the millennials and the Gen Zs are leading that charge of demanding that from the companies that they do business with or buy from and even work for. So you needed to pay attention to that because by 2025, this group of people will make up 75% of the global workforce, which in turn are also your number one consumers because they're active in the workforce, which means they usually have more discretionary income. Mm. And so paying attention to what they're looking for, obviously the companies need to pay attention to that. Otherwise they're going to get left behind. Mm. Right, because the group, like I guess, like my group and up, my age group and up, that aren't as concerned about it as much. Well, we're going to die off eventually. <laughs> so, which means the companies need to pay attention to the rising um, group of the, not just the workforce, but also consumers. Um, so they they care about what the companies care about. Right, yeah, I think you can see that news a lot. So, any any comments about that, Eric? Yeah, I think. It's funny because, I mean, I think that's really good, obviously, that, that people are caring about all that stuff. But it's funny because also I kind of think it's like, you know, in the media, there's so many of these, you know, what, what people call justice warriors and things like that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm just like, it's funny how our culture, we're at a place right now where if you're not like socially like conscious, like people are going to call you out on it. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> people really care and they're going to. You know, it's it's fun to me just because everyone has a voice now, not just the people with money. And so uh, if you don't care about people and the community and things like that, then it's like people will tell on you. <laughs> it's just, it's like really funny. Yeah. But it's like not only on the moral sense, but kind of in the business sense too, you have to care about people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, otherwise you're going to hear about it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Instagram about Facebook and Twitter. Um, and even yeah. on the whatever the walls and Yelp and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you do have to be conscious about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the key thing is to also to be authentic about it, not just use it as a marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes businesses will come up with socially conscious uh, policies, activities or whatever, but it's just mainly to look good. Right. So the key is. To, it's trendy now. <laughs> right, the key is to do it authentically and how mm-hmm. we know that. And, and customers are smart. They'll they'll read into it eventually if you're doing it out of more of a marketing ploy, or is it authentic to them? Yeah. So gotta f- focus on you know what is it? How do I how do I make an impact in people? How do we want to make an impact <coughs> on people? Uh, and yeah. do it from the heart. So some examples. Um, I was you know doing a little bit of research, but some examples of this are you know from an employee standpoint, uh, Chobani, you know the Chobani, the Greek yogurt company. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave two thousand, little over, little over two thousand of the full time employees stock in the company worth three billion dollars. Hmm. So when the company gets sold or goes public, you know these employees are going to have about three billion dollars worth of stock. So that's not a small chunk of change <laughs> in the big scheme of things. So it wasn't just something that they're he was just doing to make it look good, mm-hmm. but this you know this makes an impact in the business. Yeah. But obviously, um, he felt that hey, these are the employees that. <clears throat> built this business if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have this business and he wanted to do right by them I mean, it's a great story to, to do some research um, look up his story um, you know he's an immigrant 
And um, so one of the things that he does is he actually, when he took over this um, failed um, dairy plant, or I think yogurt plant up in the upstate New York, um, he was able to salvage some of the jobs because otherwise, because the plant was closing up and then kind of rebuilt it up so that he can employ more people. So he usually taps out the local workforce first. The first thing he does is say, okay, how do we employ the locals? And when they're, and he's out of options there, then he actually goes to the immigrant um, mm-hmm. talent pool, basically, because there's usually an immigrant population in upstate New York and now in the plant, in the big plant in Idaho, um, there happens to be a big immigrant population. So the first thing he does is he taps out the local workforce. And when he can't find any more people there, then he goes to the immigrant population. So that's kind of part of him giving back to, you know, where he was from as an immigrant. Mm-hmm. So he's on um, business to help those that were just like him. So a great story. You should read it, how he just, how he um, started this business, but it's, it's, a, it's a great story. Um, and then on the environmental side, there's Unilever um, that, sacrifices is basically sacrificing short-term profits by committing to source a hundred percent of its raw materials using environmental social and ethical principles so how it's going to impact the short-term profits is because these these are more high uh, more costly methods of production the materials you got to source and the way you produce and all that um, it really it's more costly which means it's going to cut into their margins but they feel that by cutting out their carbon footprint. Well, one of the things they want to do is they want to cut their carbon footprint in half while doubling revenue. So they do have a financial, you know, looking at some financial gain, but they want to do it carbon footprint friendly methods. Mm-hmm. So they feel long-term it's going to help them because, you know, people care about these things, right? And they just want to be more conscious about, you know, what they do and how they are potentially harming or helping the environment. So mm-hmm. they're, they're giving up some short-term gains for long-term um, sustainability. Um, because they feel that the consumers, that's what they're wanting. Um, and so they got to, you know, figure out how to do it. And then on the consumer side, CVS <laughs> stopped selling cigarettes. So think about this, you, you know, you go into oh. these drugstores and stuff and they sell cigarettes, right? It's yeah. kind of interesting how they're actually selling medicine to make you better. <laughs> but yet they sell cigarettes. So actually CVS is like, I don't know <clears> if the first one or what, but they stopped selling cigarettes and that's, that's a $2 billion loss. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge. Because mm-hmm. think about they're, they're nationwide. Um, and so when I was reading this, I was kind of chuckling because I was like, yeah, because that, it makes sense. It's ironic how these drugstores, <laughs> drug retailers <laughs> sell cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think all of them, but, you know, some of them do. You know, you go yeah. behind the counter and you see them standing <laughs> behind the counter. So it's like, huh, yeah. it's interesting how these these companies for years have been actually kind of working, you know, doing the opposite of what they're I guess are standing for is for better health. <laughs> so, yeah, that's funny. Um, and then yeah, t- my dad too. My dad owned a he well he owns a distributing business, and a lot of what he does is he sells sells medicine and beauty supplies. And he went through. He used to sell cigarettes too. And about like eight years ago, he just stopped um, selling cigarettes because he was just for moral reasons. He was like, "Does not yeah. make sense?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they took a hit. But I mean, from then until now, it's like I don't think it's all because of that. But he's just such an such a better place of just peace and you know just yeah but it definitely um can hurt the business (laughs) yeah but there's always ways to work around that right Mm -hmm. and um there's other things that you can sell or in its place or um you just do better with the the current products that you have on the shelf 
How, yeah. how do you sell more? How do you sell things that maybe potentially even a higher margin? I mean, so there's ways to to get around that and to overcome yeah. that kind of loss. But you know, we gotta overcome that thinking that short term loss. You know, in the meantime, when you make these decisions, obviously it's gonna impact your bottom line right away. But how do you overcome that? There's always a way to overcome that. Mm-hmm. So don't let those kind of things, don't let the dollars and cents prevent you from doing what you feel is right. Because when you do what when you feel is right, one, the customers are going to appreciate it, right? Because there's going to be a lot of customers who go, hey, <laughs> that totally makes sense. They shouldn't be selling cigarettes. And the, you feel more yeah. inclined to want to do business with them because mm-hmm. they're doing the right thing. Yeah, so they're gaining. They're they're forgiving or um, uh, forgetting about the short term gains or, or or the short term losses, so they can do the right thing. Even from the community side, you know how a company can impact the community. Well, Google gives to to those that are using technology to combat humanity's biggest challenges. And so, one example mm-hmm. is they gave a million dollar UNICEF a million dollar grant to UNICEF engineers who are working to combat the Zika virus. And so this is the way they're giving back to the community is one way. And they, they focus on things that are using technology to combat human issues. And so that's, that's kind of their consistent to what they do is they're a technology company, obviously. And so yeah. what they want to give to is others that are using technology to help others. And so it kind of stays in line with their business and their own business right. technology company. Mm-hmm. So it totally makes sense how the way they give back and the way they, what they give to are things in line with their own business. And so they're encouraging others to use technology for good things. That's really cool. I'm sure they partner with people that might be competition too. Um, Uh, But if they go for the same thing, you know. (laughs) And because Google's so big, sometimes I just buy up their competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's not much competition in search engines and. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's, well, there's other types of technology, not just search engines, but there are technology companies that can actually help with what Google does because they don't just use search engine technology. They use technology period for their search. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or for all the other things that are the phones that they're building and all that kind of stuff. Right. There's so many things that they're expanding into anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That then they have been buying technology companies. And so it's not, it's not that much of a, uh, it's not really that tongue in cheek when we joke about they will just buy them up, but it's true if they buy, invest into technology companies that mm-hmm. as they do better, well, either they're investing more and getting return or they just, or they will buy them. And for some companies, that's what, that's their exit strategy is to get bought out by a big company like Google. Mm-hmm. Right. So this, that's one way for Google to even enhance what they do is by investing into people that are already doing good things. And so it's kind of a win-win. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah, I think the key about being driven by purpose, like I said earlier, is being authentic. Don't do it just to get the recognition, um, but just know that the profits will follow when you're doing the right thing by people. And, you know, the, the old scripture verse is it's more blessed to give than receive. And so I think these are some examples of companies that are doing it, and even for you and I and how we're doing it, I think that's it's benefiting our business as well. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the, the customers are going to trust you more because you're doing things authentically. You're not just doing things because it, it sounds good on the marketing material, but if you're doing things authentically, then people see that, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. the customers or vendors that you're doing business with, because I do business with you. Um, and even sometimes when you're making those decisions to do the right thing, like CBS, not selling cigarettes, you know, you're short, in the short term, your business may take a hit. Um, but the, in the long term, yeah, I believe that the business will thrive and do better. 
because people, customers, and employees, they're all demanding that. And so yeah. um, we need to follow suit, but make sure we do it authentically. Mm-hmm. Any, any parting thoughts, Eric? Um, yeah, it's just about people. Um, it's never about like a thing that you're trying to get or a plan or an empire. I think that's driven people. We always want to, we want to build empires, but I think it's intentionally to remind ourselves it's about the people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just, um, yeah, replan and just, you know, reassess where we're at just based on how we're affecting people. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And in fact, you know, when you're making your, um, how do we measure success? <clears throat> you know, there's mm-hmm. the financial pieces, of course, but also it's the people part is how do we impact people? So figure out ways to measure how you positively impact people, whether your customers mm-hmm. or employees or vendors or whatever, your family. So as you're developing, especially as you're looking into next year, starting 2019, you know, building some business plans, building some goals, uh, also looking for different ways to measure success, right? So build those things in. Figure out how do I yeah. how do I impact people and try to figure out ways to measure that as quantitatively as you as you can. Yeah. All right, Eric. Well, thanks. Hey, it's great to kick off our second year together. Glad to see you back after your six week break. So, hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. This is the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, go ahead and email me at prosper at i sixty one businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter i the number sixty one businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page Purpose and Profitability and just go ahead and leave your comments there. And then tune tune in next week as we go live again. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui and remember purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.